forsaken by his brothers didn't fit the scene being made a slave was not what joseph dreamed the coat of many colors was stained with blood and lies but from this divine appointment a Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Did you have a Merry Christmas? Amen. Amen. It's, good. it's good to be back at church and back to worship the Lord together and have a good time around him all together. As Bill said, we have some families that are still traveling, and uh, we pray that we will see them with us next week. I thought uh, so much about the message today. And after celebrating Christmas and having a week off in the church, I was meditating on the Word of God. And I came up with what I want to share with you. What God, from here on, what God wants us to do. Do you think it's a good subject? What God wants me to do. And uh, I uh, took a 
verse from the Old Testament. Uh, let me read it. It's uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 3. You don't have to open it. And uh, this is God talking to Moses and telling him, go tell the children of Israel the following. One short verse. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north and go. You have circled, you have circled this mountain long enough. A traveler stopped by a church in a small town and asked of the people, what is this place noted for? The reply from the people was, this is a very important place. It is the starting place for any place you want to go. You can start from here and go anywhere you wish. The one dangerous thing is to sit still and be stagnant. May the Lord charge our hearts to listen what the Lord wants us to do. What God wants me to do. I came up with three things. Number one, God wants me, wants us, the church, to keep moving forward. As we go through life, we face many challenges and make many choices. Moses had warned the Israelites that they should not become self-fulfilled and complacent. Once they have taken the other cities and occupy the land, he insisted that they thoroughly should exterminate the enemy. Joshua did the same in the Old Testament. And church, it's good to celebrate Christmas. It's good to say we are in a good place. It's good to sing the hymns, which I like very much, especially joy to the world. The Lord has come because he came to save me and he saved my life. And I'm thankful for that. But we cannot stay there. We cannot be stagnant. We cannot relax in our achievements, in where we are. Peter described it very well in 2 Peter 5, 8 in his letter. Be of sober spirit, he says. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So we cannot sit still and relax on our chaise long and take the newspaper and say, well, hey, it's a good relaxation. The church is not in the world to relax. Period. And you know what's the meaning of relaxation. We are not here to relax. We are here to fight. And this is why Paul, at the end of his life, what did he say? I have relaxed, a good relaxation. 
I have fought a good fight. We are not to relax at all. And while fighting, we don't go backward. We go forward. We have always to be on the attack, if I may use uh, an army word. We have to be on the attack. We need to be ready, and we, are, we need to be on the offense. We need not wait for the attacker. And then when we are attacked, we start looking and say, what happened? Well, let's gather, let's, let's find any other means to respond. We are called to be on the offense, ladies and gentlemen, this morning. When I think about the kind of offense we need to have, and God expects us as a church, I think about one team in the 80s, a team, a local team. I will name them. Maybe you don't, you're not satisfied with them. The San Francisco 49ers. In the 80s, they were a team. Their greatness was due to their ability to make a great offense and great impact on the other teams. They kept the other teams on the defense until they tired them and they could strike from any position and win the game and they won the championship. Why? They were always on the offense. They were always. We can say that about them today. Uh, sad to say they are not, but every team, why? Because they have rested a little bit maybe, and we cannot rest, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We cannot do that at all. God doesn't expect Satan to sit still at all. Satan is well and alive on great planet Earth. He is well. And he does battle against the church of God. He doesn't, get he doesn't battle with the world. The world is in his hand. But he wants to battle and fight and do war nonstop with the church of God. And then, what do we expect to be? The church on the offensive. We should be on the offensive. We should execute his game plan. He is the coach. And we should obey him. And we should keep Satan on the defense. The church is not in this game just to keep Satan from scoring against us. We are in this game to always attack the evil powers against us and be on the alert because they prowl to hurt the church and the children of God. God calls us and calls you, calls each and every one of us to go forward. To go forward and this way we can honor his church and we can honor his name. Amen? Amen. The second word that God wants us to do 
at the end of this year and very soon the beginning of the new one to be responsible Christians. Responsible Christians. Someone said, with every opportunity comes the weight of responsibility. Like many Christians today, many in the world, I hope none here, the disciples had a wrong or faulty view of the future. Do you remember when they came to the Lord Jesus Christ? All they wanted to be, he says, in the kingdom. Where will I sit? Where would we sit on the kingdom? And Jesus says, is this what you worry about? Where you're going to sit? And tell you one thing. This is the least thing on my mind. Because when I get to the kingdom of God, all I want to do is sit at his feet. Whether he honors you and honors me, it depends on what we do with our responsibilities. It depends whether when we stand there facing him, whether we stand with shame or whether we stand with heads on high, I have done the best for the kingdom. We cannot focus on that. And many Christians today, they focus on the coming of the Lord. Great. I, that's my hope. That's our hope, what the Bible says. But we cannot sit and wait for the Lord to come. Like some people I read about, about 30 years ago, they said the Lord is coming, and they believe someone said the Lord is coming. They went and sat on the, uh, on the rooftops waiting for the Lord to come. They all got cold and froze and came back to sleep at home because the Lord did not come like this. And he doesn't come warning us when. We should keep that in mind. We should keep the future. And I hope he comes now to take us to be with him. We live in expectation, but we should live working until that day. Amen. Going forward, taking up our responsibilities. Not saying, well, the Lord is coming. Never mind. No. The Lord is coming. Let us work more. Amen. Let's do more for him. Let us not relax. We cannot focus on that. The major task of the church today is to carry the Lord's great commission. When he left them, he did not say, go sit and wait for me to come back. He said, I am coming back. Meanwhile, go to the world. Meanwhile, go preach the gospel. Meanwhile, go baptize and live and open doors for the word of God. He did not call us to sit still. He called us to go for him and be responsible people. Sad to say, the church today abdicated its responsibility. When I say the church, the church in general. And diverted its all energy 
by imitating the world and introducing social activities in the church to please the congregation instead of pleasing God first. They forgot about the great commission. They forgot about preaching the gospel. They forgot about going out and winning souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let us win the world with social activities. Let me ask you a question, a simple question. When the Lord sent his disciples to the world, did he tell them to open social activities and social places and do this in the world? What did he ask them to do? Help me here. He asked them to go and preach the word of God. Go live. Be responsible people. This is the word after Christmas for us. He came to this world to save us and to send us forth forward to move forward and then to act as responsible Christians. Responsible Christians, we cannot attract people today with our nice attires, with our social activities, with our uh, siding with them, with the world, then the church loses its commission, loses its life. We win the world by standing against this world. And everybody would say, these people are totally different. It was difficult for the disciples. They changed their mind about who's going to sit, a couple of them, who's on left, who's on the right, and what's going to happen in the future. We know the Lord's coming. I prefer when the Lord comes while either I'm preaching or praying with the brothers and sisters in the church. May he come now. And we don't need my preaching. I'm expecting his coming, and it's going to be soon. But first and foremost, let us not sit down and be, excuse the word, lazy in our work for the Lord, expecting his coming. Let's get up. Let's take our responsibilities. And this way we can do the work God wants us to do. When Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead. Amen. Thank God for that. He was victorious over all enemies once and for all. He clearly, we can say, won the victory. However, Satan did not give up, did he? He was crushed, but he never gave up. He never gave up to defeat. He's still fighting. And when he's fighting, what happens? Church. This is where we come in. This is where we come in. The victorious Christ has established his troops. We are his army. We are his army. The church to secure through each and every member of us the victory that he started on the cross of Calvary. And we should do that. Non-stop. Non-stop until 
he comes. Until he comes. When the Holy Spirit empowered the disciples, did they go out? Did they preach? Did the world try to shut them down? And they told them not to open their mouths. And Peter, thank God for Peter, he says, we cannot but obey the Lord Jesus Christ. The world is trying today to shut that church down completely. They honor Tom, Dick, and Harry, but they don't honor Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Well, let me tell you one thing. We don't honor Tom, Dick, and Harry here, but we honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's politically correct in our church. What did they do, these disciples? They went out. They accepted the challenge. They accepted the responsibility. Come what may. They want to kill us, let them kill us. They want to put us in jail, welcome to jail. They did. They want to beat us, let them beat us. Maybe we are going to reach that point one day. But let's be responsible people. Let's stand firm. And let's not, and you know what? And they went. They did not care. They were not ashamed of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they did not fear anyone. And you know what? And the world said about them, these people have turned the world upside down. Do you want the Lord to bless us next year? The year to come? Let's take up our responsibility and do the most we can for the Lord. I wonder, I wonder today where the focus of the church is. In general, our number one responsibility should be serving the Lord. I can't stress it enough. Any responsibility you have. And then let's come down a little bit to our local church. Children of God. Members of this congregation. I hope all are here. Any responsibility you have is blessed by God if you do it from the heart. Choir, you have a responsibility. On the 11th, you start again. To be a blessing to many people for the full year coming. Do it from the heart. And men and women and others who have different responsibilities in this church. Regardless, don't look at it and say, hey, I collect the garbage. Do this responsibility as if you're preaching from behind this pulpit and do it from the heart. Whatever God has given you, do it from the heart. I'm impressed very much, day in and day out, Sunday in, Sunday out. When everybody leaves here, Dean is still in his little room that has no windows. You know, money has no windows. <laughs> in his little room, taking care 
taking care of the money of the church. He is a treasurer and he does it from the heart. This is not scripted, but this is from God. And each and every one of us, whatever it is, you should do it from the heart. Thank God for each and every one. And we have a challenge. Christian responsibility is very important in the church of God. And let us do it from the heart. Are you involved? Keep that involvement going. Don't say this year, well, I have to take care of other things. I cannot be involved. I'm working. I work late. I get tired. Well, even if you get tired, if you honor God, God will honor. Is your heart in the ministry that you have? The wise man said, responsibilities move toward him who will shoulder them and power flows to him who acts with energy. Have you seen people taking their responsibilities, whatever it is in the church says, well, they want me to do that. This is not responsibility. Well, they asked me to do this, as if you're complaining. If you have a responsibility and you're complaining about it, do not do it. The responsibility you have should be done from the heart as an honor serving God. And when you get there to stand before him on that judgment seat of Christ, what he will tell you, he will tell you, well done. Well done. Enter into the rest of your Savior. Excuses are not valid in the church of God. No one of the disciples excused themselves at all. They went and they died to spread the word of God. We cannot have excuses serving the Lord. It is an honor. It is an honor. It should be an honor serving him. And this is the responsibility that God wants us to do it. Oh. Sir Josiah Stamp once addressed his people saying, it is easy to dodge our responsibilities, but we cannot dodge the consequences of dodging our responsibilities. It's easy to say, no, I want to be with the family. I can't give one night to the Lord, or I cannot give this hour to the Lord. Let me tell you one thing. One day when you stand before Christ, look him in the face and says, I had no time to give you some hours. Someone said, if I am decent merely because the neighbors require it, my decency is not really decent, it's fake. But when I'm honest, not because business demands it, but because I demand it from myself. And this is responsibility. 
I am generous not because my friends insist upon it, but because my heart insists upon it. When I am decent, not because the neighbors require it, he repeats, but because I require it and God requires it. Then, then, and then alone, I have found the secret of responsibility. God wants the church, each and every member, to be responsible people. You know, in some of the advertisement to those people who advertise drinking and so on says drink what responsibly oh oh i can't digest this one who can start drinking and drinks responsibly this is why we have so many duis they call them in jail because they drink responsibly right right let us let us be responsible in things pertaining to the work of the Lord. God, God wants us to go forward. God wants us to be responsible Christians. And finally, God wants us to be shining lights. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12, the Lord said, I am the light of the world. He's talking about himself. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I looked at a commentary, and Bill McDonald says this, a, a, a little sentence. The world is in the darkness of sin, ignorance, and aimlessness. And Jesus came into a total dark world. And he was the light of this whole world. The light of the world is Jesus, period. Apart from him, there is no deliverance from sin. Apart from him, there is no guidance along the way of life. Apart from him, there is no knowledge as to the real meaning of life and the issues of eternity. But the promise is, if we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 14 and 16, you are the light of the world. We get our light from God. You are who you are. The children of God, us. You let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The Lord Jesus didn't say, please, please listen to this. He did not say, let your light so twinkle. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, right? So twinkle. He did not say, Lord, let your light so twinkle, but let it shine. You, can be a, you cannot be a shining light and there is sin in your life. You cannot be a shining light and there is rebellion in your heart. You cannot be a shining light and there's me, myself, and I in your heart. You will only shine when Jesus is the light of your life. You know, someone said the line shines brightest and farthest 
when it is from a heart filled with the light of God. So let's not our, stop our offense. Let's not shed our responsibilities. Let's take these challenges today and be what God wants us to be, the light of the world. God will never leave us without light enough to take one step and he tells us, don't stop until the light gives out. And you know when, when, it, when it, the light is going to give out? When we go up and then we'll be in front of the light forever and ever. When Jesus came, there was no light, right? But when he left, there was no darkness because he left us to light up this world. And you and us, all of us, we have a challenge to be the light in this world, in this dark world. A traveler visiting the lighthouse of Calais, this is in France, said to the keeper, and they visited, and it's a very nice place to visit. But what if one of your lights should go out at night? Never impossible, monsieur, he said. There are lights, there are ships sailing to all parts of the world. If tonight one of our burners were out, I will tell you, in no matter of time, we will hear from America, India, from all parts of the world saying that on such night, the lights of Calais Lighthouse gave no warning and some vessel had been wrecked. What a lesson for us, the people of God. Our lights might shine, might, has to shine steadily. We cannot be a light today and darkness tomorrow. Once the light is in us, this light is going to shine, not twinkle, until we meet the Lord face to face. Steadily shining toward the souls that are really hurting in this world. You know what? One last word talking about a lighthouse. Lighthouses don't ring bells or fire sirens to call attention to their light. They just shine. They just shine. So what do we do at the end of this year? What God wants us to be? Keep going forward. Let's act responsibly. Let's be responsible Christians, seizing the opportunities that God has given us and turn them into something good for the Savior. And let us shine in this world, in this dark world. You know, if the Christians are taken from this world, this world becomes a total darkness. So you are the light 
and let's be the light of this world. And everyone who comes in touch with us will leave and say, truly, they are the children of God. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. As we conclude the year, preaching from behind this pulpit, Lord, as a church, we thank you for honoring us with your presence. And thank you for encouraging us and challenging us to live a life of going forward because not moving is going backward. So help us to keep going forward, encouraging us to be Christians responsible, taking up our responsibility and running with it. And again, help us to be the light of this world. We give you ourselves. We give you our families. We give you our children. We give you this church, this little church that you've planted in this neighborhood. May we all care for it. May we all hear your voice clearly and do the job you want us to do from the heart. Be with us this week, Lord. Each and every family, whatever festivities we have and they have, we pray that it will all be done in your will and according to your own taste. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask.